and welcome to the most real conversation there is in podcasting. My name is Maureen Casey, and my friends and I are so stoked to be navigating through the ups and downs of what it's like to be a woman in today's society right here with you. There's no filter, and we do not stand for fake females. So if you're here for real conversation in real time, this is the place for you. Grab a slice of pizza, maybe a cold beer, whatever floats your boat today, and let's crack this conversation wide open. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. This is Her Reality with Maureen Casey. And today we have Juju Rafi here with us. And we are actually talking not just about co-parenting. We're going to dive a little bit deeper. And we're going to talk about what it's like to be a non-custodial versus a custodial parent as a woman and what that looks like and what that means for us. So hi, tell us about yourself. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to share you with the world. I mean, you've been in my life for what, three years now. Um, And it just feels so amazing to be able to share something that you've experienced for 17 years with, I mean, the entire world. This is on the internet. So anybody can find it and learn from your experience. And I'm just so excited to have you here. Tell us about your journey. What has it been like being, first of all, can you tell us what a non-custodial parent is? Absolutely. So there is something called joint custody where both parents have access to the kids. But um, something I didn't know when this whole process started was the word custodian or custodial parent. I didn't even know what the definition was was at the time. Um, So my journey started 17, 18 years ago. And um, custodial parent is the parent that the child lives with most of the time and goes to school. That's the parent that decides where the kid goes to school and is um, ultimately the primary caregiver for that child. The non-custodial parent is the one who pays child support, regardless of how long they're at your house, how long they're at somebody else's house. So that's the difference between a custodial and a non-custodial parent. Yeah. So what is that stigma like being a mom, being a young single mom, because that's part of your story, and then not being the custodial parent. How, like, tell me a little bit about the turmoil there. Absolutely. So I was active duty military and my my child's father, um, he was also active duty military at the time, and I was deployed. And our divorce we had filed for divorce and our divorce finalized while I was deployed. And so those decisions as far as custody arrangements go were made on my behalf while I was on my deployment. And when I was asked what I wanted to do, of course, join custody, you know, I don't want to keep a child from either parent. So I agreed to join custody, of course. And then we filed our paperwork and it wasn't until I returned from my deployment did I even know, like I said, what the word custodial was. And that's when I learned the hard way um, what custodial, non-custodial was. And because I did not have an address in the United States at the time of our divorce, 
by default, my child's father became the custodial parent. And so it just stuck um, because once I got back and figured out what happened, I tried to get it changed. And it's not that easy. You can't just change custody in this country. You have to prove one of three things, which I've tried in four states, alcohol abuse or neglect. They don't just switch custody back and forth because there's way too many kids in the system for them to be seeing who's got a better setup, who, why, what reasons, you know, there's personal reasons, are there legal reasons? So it boils down to three legal reasons. Unless the parent is an alcoholic getting DUIs, unless there's proof of neglect or um, proof of abuse, they just... the they just leave the situation as is. Um, So once I discovered all this, I was absolutely devastated because of course I imagined returning from my deployment, my child was going to come stay with me and I was going to keep this amazing relationship with his dad and we were going to share custody and everything was going to be beautiful. And it was a very rude awakening to find out, no, you're the non-custodial parent because you were not in the country at the time the paperwork was finalized and the dad is the custodial parent. That's when the journey began of, I guess, the social aspect of those terms. Because I started researching, well, well, what does that mean? What's the definition of that? What are my rights? What are his rights? What do I get to decide? What does he get to decide? What does that mean when we get orders to separate bases or in a civilian case, when people move to different cities? What does that mean for the child, for the visitation? And that's when I realized, okay, we're going by this paperwork. The divorce decree says when the custodial parent gets the kid, when the non-custodial parent gets the kid. And, you know, we decided in advance, of course, of rotating holidays and summers and spring breaks and all that good stuff. It almost is half and half when you balance out all of the time off of school versus the time in school when they're with the other parent, almost. As the, as the non-custodial parent, there's a lot of things I don't get to do and didn't get to do and that people don't see. Um, for example, not helping him with his homework, not tucking him in every night, not getting to um, be there first thing in the morning for him because he's living with his dad. Um, it was really hard, especially that people don't know the details of how I became the non-custodial parent and automatically people assume, oh, her kid doesn't live with her. Something's obviously wrong with her. Um, And even backing up a step, being divorced, there's that stigma that I was dealing with at 24 years old. And then on top of that, oh, and she lost her child is how it looks or comes across and people don't know the details. Um, so at a young age, I was dealing with divorce, which no one in my family gets divorced. I have foreign parents. It's not a thing. And, um, so I was already a black sheep for that and dealing with being a stigma and a statistic in the military because divorce is so such a high rate. So just dealing with being newly divorced at a young age. And then on top of that, realizing that he was going to be living with his dad most of the time, it was a lot to deal with. And, um, I had to seek out emotional support right away, but I couldn't find that among my friends. As a matter of fact, our friends prior to divorce decided to pick sides. And I, some friends 
sided with him. Some friends sided with me. Um, it was hard to find support. There wasn't anybody I knew going through my situation at the time. And when I went to my, um, I guess, chain of command, it was, well, we're going to refer you to the mental health clinic. And I thought I'm going to get a lot of support there. But ultimately it was, do you want to hurt yourself? Do you want to hurt your child? Do you want to hurt your ex? No, no, no. Then have a good day (laughs) or here's some meds you can take. And I'm like, no, not doing that. Then I was referred to, um, the base chaplain at the time who asked the same questions. Well, do you want to hurt yourself? No, it was just really difficult to find an outlet and find, um, someone to help me deal with the situation. And like I said, no one in my family had been divorced. So there was no help there. I was, I was, I felt like I was on my own. Um, but I realized that this is what it is and I've got to make the best out of this situation. So taking matters into my own hands, I made sure I never missed a holiday, a birthday, a special occasion, an opportunity that he gets out of school early and we were not always living near each other. So I've spent thousands on flights, travel, hotels, entertaining. Oh, and I have to feed him too when he's with me. <laughs> um, uh, so entertainment and on top of that, I'm paying child support. Um, it's, it's been a long road and worth every penny, but I had to figure out a way. And I somehow managed every single month to make it happen for the last almost 18 years now. I have managed to make it happen. I've managed to make it work. And um, I could go on and on about how difficult it's been, especially that I don't have a good relationship with my child's father. And co-parenting in this case is key. You don't have to be best friends, but if you're not on the same page, if you're not communicating about the child, it makes it extremely difficult on both ends, but mainly for the non-custodial parent. So I'm happy to say, though, that to this day, my son and I have an amazing relationship. We're very, very close. And I've never gone more than two months without seeing him, except now during the COVID-19 situation. And luckily, we both have internet. He's got a cell phone. We video chat. We are texting all the time. Um, But aside from this current situation, I haven't gone more than eight weeks without seeing him. And and we're very, very close, but I had to, I had to take it upon myself and be strong and put away the tears and put away the fears and the anxiety and the sadness about it all and say, hold on, how is this affecting him? Hold on. I got to make him happy regardless of what happened between his dad and I, regardless of what happened legally, regardless of what happened financially. I knew that for him not to be screwed up when he grew up, I've got to make a happy, healthy situation every single time. So I didn't talk bad about his dad in front of him. I was always pleasant when I'm interacting with his dad in front of him. Um, I made sure that when he came to visit me or stay here for months during the summer, it was never about his dad or his dad and I. It was always about him, my son, and what he likes to do and what his interests are and making sure that he was happy and healthy and stable and secure and felt comfortable and could talk about things that were bothering him. And it has worked out for the best because now um, I've been I've been able to talk 
about my story. And what's funny is, and, and please just wave your hand if you want to cut me off because <laughs> no, I love listening to you. <laughs> I think, I think while I'm talking, your audio doesn't come in, but when I stop, then I hear you. So just flag me. But, um, you know, I have not been able to talk about this situation until now. He's about to graduate from high school and I have not been comfortable sharing details about our visits about, I mean, people can see on Facebook when he's with me and we're all over the place at museums and doing fun stuff because I'm all about providing experiences for him where in comparison on the flip side, his dad is more of a, let me buy your love. And anything I get for my son, he tries to one up me or outdo me or, um, you know, I took my son on a cruise. He, then he took him on a cruise. It, it's just been this ridiculous tennis match and I'm not here to compete. Um, I'm just here to provide a good experience for my son every single time I talk to him or see him. So that's been my goal with him. And it's been going, it's been difficult dealing with his dad, but it's been going great with my son. And that's, what's really important to me is that he feels love no matter whose house he's in, no matter what's the situation, no matter if I'm dating someone I've remarried, you know, I want him to feel comfortable and happy and healthy. And, um, I just haven't been able or wanting to talk about it and haven't been open about how much it's affected me until now that he's about to graduate and be an adult, I feel like I'm finally ready to tell that story. And he actually helped me with that because he had to write an essay to get into college here coming in fall. And the essay asked a question about what's one of the hardest things you've ever had to deal with in your life. And I was like, Ooh, let's see what he says. He was telling me about it over the phone. And I'm like, well, well, what did you write about? I mean, you're, you're 17. How hard has your life been? <laughs> And he says, I wrote about the fact that my parents are divorced and how that has changed me as a person. And I said, well, I would love to hear or read your essay. Or if you just want to tell me about it, I would, I would love to hear those details if you don't mind sharing them with me. And I was so shocked and amazed that his answer, which completely came from his heart, was that by his parents living separately, it has made him and we're both of different backgrounds and nationalities. He said it's made him very diverse and it's allowed him to become very adaptable to different living situations. And he feels ready to move into adulthood because he's lived in different places and he's dealt with different types of people through us being separate, that he feels more ready to go into college and that it changed him as a person because it made him um, strong and it made him resilient. And he used all these words and I'm like, Really? Wow. So him sharing that with me, not only gave me the confidence that I've been on the right track with how I've been handling the situation. It also made me feel like, well, shoot, if he he's able to talk about it like that, I can too. And so the way I did that is by opening up to you, for example, asking me to do this. Um, I've also written a book. It's a children's book and it's not I never thought in my life I'd write a children's book, but um, I wanted to tell a little bit about this story and the simplest terms to me was in a children's book. So um, that is just to shed a positive light and inspire positivity within separated families, because that's all I've been trying to do all this time. And um, to wrap it up on my end, it's, and I'll answer whatever questions you have, but 
it's mind blowing that this all ends in a couple of months. He'll be 18. And I still can't wrap my head around the fact that I won't be paying child support anymore. And don't think that's a relief because now I'm going to be paying half of college with his dad. <laughs> um, and I won't be like dealing with his dad anymore. I won't, we won't be talking about when it's my turn to see him, you know, it'll be when my son has time and when his schedule allows me to visit. And I just can't wrap my head around, you know, the last 17 years, it's been through his dad that I've been able to even see him or communicate with him. And now it's just going to be my son and I on our own. And so it's such an amazing milestone for us that I'm just like, I can't believe this is happening, but really all we've done these last 17 years is what's preparing for what's ahead and everything you're doing with your children. Now, everything you're doing with them before the age of 18, you're setting up your adult relationship with your kid. So you're either setting yourself up for failure or you're setting yourself up for success. And just from the feedback I've gotten from him and what I truly feel in my heart, I feel like I have been setting us up for success and he's already showing signs of that reciprocation by asking me when I'm going to come and see him in college. Um, you know, how we're going to do visits when he's going to have time, when I'm going to have time. And I'm like, I'll make time for you. Don't worry about that. And how we're going to keep in touch and what I can send him when he's in college and helping him set up his dorm room once he gets there and things like that. So honestly, everything that we're doing with our children now, whether you are the custodial or the non-custodial parent, you are setting up your adult relationship with that kid, which is what you're going to have together for the rest of your lives. Because the time that they're little, as you know, is very short and very quick, um, but it's super impactful for what lies ahead for, for you and your child. So I love that in your book, I mean, I love all of it, but I want to dive into your book a little bit um, because I think it's such a great resource for everyone, not just for little kids, but you do this really awesome thing where you ask positive reinforced questions to help navigate through the situation. So talk to me a little bit about like real life situations, right? I mean, your son is about to turn 18. How has this changed his mindset and the way that you guys co-parent, because I know it's been hard for you. Co-parenting is not an easy thing, but being able to help with that positive reinforcement there, how does it change that dynamic? How is it, how, what have you seen? Let's, I want your experience on it. So, um, you know, I've always aimed for positive co-parenting. It's just really hard when it's one-sided or when both parties aren't interested in the same thing. And that's not something you have control over because you have no idea how the other parent's going to react, or maybe they've been acting a certain way and then they remarry or they get a new partner and that person has their feelings involved and it's craziness. But um, what I did with those questions in the book is at the end of each page in this children's book, there is a, like you said, a positive reinforcement question for the child and it's specifically for the child. So this book is, is geared towards maybe five to 12 year olds, but any, any child that's going back and forth between parents or grandma or auntie or whoever they got to stay with. And, um, at the end of each page is a, is a, Hey kids. And it's a question for the kid. And this book can be read by the ch children alone or with a child and a parent, either parent. And, um, this particular book, it's the first in the series of children going back and forth is 
going to visit my mom and it's called weekend warrior going to visit my mom. And the next book is going to visit my dad. So in the going to visit my mom book at the end of each page, the question is, what do you like to do when you're at your mom's? What do you like best about going to visit your mom? Um, what are some of your favorite things you love to do with your mom? And so the, the, what's behind that is not bad mouthing the other parent, not comparing to the other parent, not um, pointing out any negativity, but what do you like about the situation and, 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 and gearing the kids focus towards what's good about it. Not I miss this, or I don't get to have this at moms or dads, but what do I like about this? And just shifting their mindset to focus on the positivity of the situation. And the next book, or, or I should even say at the end of the mom book, going to visit my mom, it's okay. It's time to go back to dad's, you know, what's your favorite part about going back to your dad's house? You know, is it going back to school to see your friends? Is it um, getting back to whatever you were working on before you left? Maybe they were building something together. So it, and the dad asks at the end of that book, and it would be opposite in the next book is, um, did you have a, did you have fun when you were at your mom's and that's it. And the kid gets to answer. So it's not, 20 questions. It's not interviewing the kid. It's not drilling the kid on who are they with? What did you eat? You know, it's just, did you have a good, did you have a good time? What did you guys do? And that's it. Um, so those, how that's changed my son from what I've seen is he can see that I'm constantly trying to pull out the positive of, of every situation. I'm constantly getting him to focus on what went right whether he went on a trip with his dad or he was with us, or for example, there's been times as the non-custodial parent where my stuff just got straight up canceled because they had family plans or they had this trip planned for the last year and didn't say anything to me. And they're going to do it over spring break, which, Oh, by the way, is my time with him. So there's been many times where I've had to just swallow it. And it's in those moments where you can shift the energy and where you can change the dynamics of the relationship. And instead of complaining to my child about the fact that I didn't get to see him during my court order time, I would instead ask, how was your trip? What was the best part of your trip? Send me pictures. I can't wait to talk to you and get back from your trip and keeping my feelings about how it sucked. He wasn't here for spring break to myself or talking to my girlfriends about it or my husband about it or somebody else about it, but not putting that on my child and instead letting him feel like it's okay that he wasn't here. Did he have a good time? And then move on to, well, the next time I see you is going to be three weeks from now and blah, blah, blah. And we're going to do this and this and this. I love that. I know um, when my daughter was little, she was probably, Gosh, okay, kindergarten age, so four or five. And for whatever reason, the summer, I say whatever reason, I know why. Um, the summer between kindergarten and preschool, we just had it out. And I remember her being moody one day, but not like moody, moody, but like negative, nitpicking. And all I could think was, she's heard a lot of this lately, right? Like, where did this come from? This definitely, this is our fault, you know? And I remember hearing her, she complained about the sun being too bright. 
And in that moment, I was like, no, this is not how we're going to live our life. We're going to, you know, we're going to go ahead and we're going to find those positive moments. And it was just so funny because it was something as crazy, right? As random as the sun was too bright for her that triggered it in me that there was a lot of negativity and there was a lot of complaining going on. And that's when her dad and I decided, I mean, we had decided from the beginning to co-parent, but we had decided in that moment Um, I had contacted him about it and I was like, we're done. Like we got to find a way to make sure that we are positively reinforcing everything that's happening. And the big thing was that I was moving on with my life. I just gotten engaged. I was getting ready to get married and he was in a brand new relationship. And so we were just at totally different phases. He wanted me as far away as possible because I'm the crazy ex-girlfriend. Not that I'm crazy and I love his fiance. We're great now, but you know, he didn't want to like bring me into the picture. And here I am like wanting him to be in the picture because I'm getting ready to get married. And I don't want him feeling like his daughter is losing him because now she's gaining another dad, you know? So I'm, (laughs) I was a little bit overbearing and he was like trying to keep big distance. Um, But we had to find that middle ground uh, through the stress and through the navigating and everything else to positively reinforce what was going on in each other's homes because it wasn't happening. He wasn't saying enough good things about the marriage. He wasn't saying enough good things about the next phases of life. And that was putting reservations on my three, four year old who was then putting reservations on me because I'm you know, concerned about everyone's feelings. Uh, so it's just, it was amazing to me when I read your book and I read those questions because I remember that being such a pivotal moment in parenting, in co-parenting, and even in myself. It wasn't just my self-talk. It was what am I verbally saying that my child is picking up on and how can I positively encourage her to love her dad, to be affectionate with her dad, to be open with her dad, to be honest, just as I want her to do with me, right? It wasn't a one-way street. So anyways, I just need to throw that in there because I love that you did that in your book. I think it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I commend you for having a healthy co-parenting relationship and for you guys setting that up for yourselves and for your child. That's amazing. And I wish more parents did that. I wish we all had that um, scenario and, and it's, you're leading by example in the parenting community and with your daughter's peers as well, because they see that and the teachers see that and her friends see that and other parents see that. And it's, It's so inspiring and I commend you for doing that. Well, thank you. So um, before we hop off here, just really quick, I want to know from you, straight from your heart, what is your advice that you have for women that are going through this, like, like the word of encouragement that they need to hear right now about all of it? What do you want to say to them? Well, speaking from the heart, I can say that your strength is something that, or lack thereof, is something that your children will inherently adopt and they will take with them. And when they see you being strong, then they know how to be strong. When they see you being positive, then they know how to be positive and they can apply that in all areas of their life. So just keep in mind that, you know, we're all going to have our feelings, but who, who we take them out on is very important and having um, a good source of support is very important if you're going through a non-custodial situation, whether it's positive or negative, having a family member or a friend or a mentor or a coach to talk to 
is really key because you're not, you don't need to put that on your kid, but the way you are handling the situation is how these kids are going to turn around and handle their own adult situations later on. So just keep that in mind when, and, and not be in a reactive mode when it comes to co-parenting um, and just try to help your try to focus on what's going right with the situation so that your kid can turn around and adopt that same behavior later. So good. So good. Cause they do, they pick up everything. I mean, <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day with Aaliyah, you know, she comes running in and she was like, mom, I prayed about that, which isn't unusual. You know, she tells me about the stuff she prays about all the time, but I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, you're always doing it. And it was something so small, like about the weather. And she was like, I noticed you always pray for your parking spots and you always pray for the way that you want the wind to blow. And you know, just like the different things. And she's like, so I decided to do it. And it was one of those, you know, those parenting reinforcement moments. Like, yes, she's seven. And yes, I know that she's watching me. But last week I was very firmly reminded (laughs) that, that she's doing all of the things too. So even if I'm just, Absolutely. you know, saying a little prayer or griping under my breath, they're picking that up because I didn't realize she was listening to my prayers. These aren't like big out there prayers. This is me driving in my car. Okay, Lord, let me get home in time. I got 10 minutes, you know, like just little yeah. things that she's yeah, little up on. So I love that that was I a reminder to, today. Absolutely. And I do want to um, also as a source of encouragement and inspiration to parents going through um, custodial situations, whether you're the non-custodial parent or the custodial parent, just keep in mind the situation is temporary. Again, the time that they're little and the time that you are in the situation is very short compared to their entire lifespan and to compared to the beautiful years ahead that you have together as adults and as friends. And this this will pass and you're not always going to be in a, in a co-parenting situation and a custodial situation that is actually very limited in the grand scheme of things. And there is hope and it's never too late and you can always turn things around and you can always start from today. If things have been really horrible with your ex start from today of things not being really horrible. And remember that, um, you know, anything can happen and things can change and you may be in a different situation six months from now, six years from now, and the dynamics change within your family. I was 24 when I had my son and I went through this horrible divorce, horrible custodial situation. And of course I thought I'll never get married again. And I'm definitely never going to have a kid again. Well, not only have I found the right partner in my life, but now I'm 42. Switch those numbers around, 24, 42, and we're expecting. So So, it can turn around and great things can come of the situation and a beautiful future is up to you. Yes, it is totally possible. And blended families are possible today. And kids get it. That's the thing that I think parents like to pretend isn't true, but kids get it and they're going through it. Like they're literally experiencing it with us. But I think a lot of parents want to keep their kids at a distance. And one of the best things I've ever done was just bring Aaliyah into the conversation. Now she doesn't get to talk with her father and I, when we're talking, you know, parenting matters, but we have conversations with her and then we come together and figure out what needs to happen. Um, 
And so I just think it's so beautiful that, you know, you get to have your own life and your kids are going to be okay with that. Like your kids are going to be okay with you being happy. Your kids, it might be rough for a little bit, but they're going to be excited that life moves on and you're going to teach them to go after what you want and what they want and to make the best out of everything just by showing up for yourself in your everyday life. So such a wonderful thing to be a mom. I am so excited that we got to have this conversation today. Um, and so for everyone watching and for everyone listening, Juju is providing us some awesome resources. So we're going to have the link to her book. So you guys can check that out. Keep track of everything that's coming with her. You're also going to have the links to her social media. So you can get connected with her. You can connect with her in the Facebook group because she pops in there from time to time. Um, and she's got so many resources, so many courses and conversations all the time about what it's like to just be a woman rising above it all. So um, make sure you guys connect with her. Don't skip out on the those links and we will see you in the Her Reality Facebook group. Until next time, everyone, I'm Maureen Casey and Juju. Thank you so much for being a part of today's conversation. Bye everyone. Bye.